0: The Sonder Podcast is designed to educate our network on the latest updates within the legal industry. Here we speak to top legal professionals where they provide their invaluable insights on how to stay ahead in the current market and what a day in the life is like for them. Today I'll be speaking to Alex Solo, co-founder of Sprint Law. We'll be taking another look into the world of new law and looking at the more entrepreneurial side of legal services. So welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you here. So tell me, tell me about Alex the person and what's been going on in your world.
1: For sure. So um, I am a a lawyer slash entrepreneur, co-founder of Sprint Law. And um, I started Sprint Law about uh, four years ago. uh, And uh, previously before that, I worked at sort of one of the big Corporate law firms, and also worked in sort of the technology space. Um, so, uh, I guess at the moment, uh, I'm currently being an entrepreneur. Uh, have have just made my way through um, through COVID uh, and and all of the shocks that it, it uh, sort of had on uh, uh, the, the small business market and the industry that we kind of um, work in, and uh, uh, sort of um, feeling pretty relieved to have got through that okay. Uh, so, um, obviously very busy at the moment managing. Uh, uh, all of of the stuff that's flowed on from that, um, and, uh, doing a lot of it, um, from inside, uh, my, my (laughs) office, uh, uh, like I'm sure many others, um, uh, sort of have been in the last few months. Um, but yeah, um, generally sort of been busy and, and, uh, like most entrepreneurs, I spend most of my life thinking about, uh, my business and working on my business and, and I don't have too much interesting happening other than that.
0: (laughs) And tell us about your journey. So how you came, you know, to join and found Sprint Law.
1: For sure. So um, as I mentioned, we started Sprint Law in 2017. So we're coming up to about four years now. So um, before that, uh, I guess, immediately before starting Sprint Law, I worked at uh, one of the big law firms, Clayton Newt's, uh, here in Australia. Um, started there as a graduate uh, back in, must have been 2013 or something. Um and worked there for uh, around um, uh, four years uh, and uh, so I guess the genesis of the business kind of starts there um, we were uh, my, my co-founder and I met as graduates in the graduate program at, at Clayton Newts and um, uh, both of us uh, had a bit of a technology background so before I was uh, a lawyer I used to run a small sort of app development agency which I started with just when I was at university and then um, did that for a bit when I graduated and and, and um, managed to kind of sell that. And um, my, my business partner worked in legal tech um, on sort of big litigation stuff. Um, uh, so both of us were sort of tech people uh, and found ourselves in the graduate program at a big, big law firm. And, um, you know, uh, we're kind of um, uh, immediately became friends sort of talking about all of the various inefficiencies in the legal industry and in the way that the big law firm models sort of work and um, thinking about all of these nerdy tech ideas that we had for how we could, uh, you know, reinvent the way law was done, automate heaps of, heaps, heaps of how the legal industry worked and, um, and just make things more efficient. And I think particularly when you're a graduate lawyer and uh, a lot of what you're spending time doing is repetitive and boring tasks. Uh, <laughs> obviously start to think a lot about computers and robots and those sorts of things. And That was probably um, the genesis of, of thinking that we might be able to, to do something with tech and law. Uh, at, at Clay Newts, we started a, a startup program there, um, which we came up with as an idea just when we were graduates and um, we were thinking, well, look, we're going to be doing a lot of low level work for big companies in the first few years of our career while we're learning what we're doing, but um, it'd be cool to um, sort of be doing our own thing a little bit. And, uh, there's this we, you know we were seeing at that time you know all the big tech companies like facebook and um, and Amazon were had blown up in the last few years. Uh, and um, everyone was talking about how there were tech startups that were going to take over the world. And we thought, well, if these companies are growing so fast, why don't we start a startup program at um, Clayton Newts? and uh, you know for the firm, they can be building relationships early for potentially future large companies that could be clients. Um, also probably good for the brand to be engaging with that space and then for us um, we could make it a thing for the junior staff to give them a bit more meaningful work uh, and it would just be super fun we thought given that we were tech people and wanted to do some cool stuff so we started that at Clayton Mutes and did it sort of on the side on top of all of our normal billable hours work and learning how to be a lawyer and and that kind of stuff got to know the um, startup scene in Australia uh, but also um, you know we would Realise that there are startups in the sense of tech startups um, and there's some of those in Australia. But if you're thinking about small, small companies, there's actually a hell of a lot more, just traditional small businesses, uh, 2 million or a bit over 2 million in fact, in Australia. And uh, in getting to know, um, work with smaller companies and understand the space, you realize there's this big gap in the market for affordable legal services for small, small businesses and startups. Uh, and um, we started to think, well, this is going to be the perfect market to build, uh, a tech-enabled business or a tech-powered legal business, because these people aren't getting legal services; um, they can't afford them. Is kind of the main reason they're too complicated, and um, and uh, and so you know we had this idea that maybe we could design a model uh, using technology and combining it with law for that market. Um, and so we started brooding on that um, and discussing it uh, while we were at Clayton, and then. Um, uh, but it, it sort of came up with a model that we thought would be um, one that might work uh, which is the one that we run with today which is sort of a tech enabled uh, legal legal firm um, and then uh, sort of took the big leap in the beginning of 2017 to, to just uh, go and do it and start it and um, and yeah I guess that's the story behind the, the beginning of sprint law
0: yeah I'm learning a lot more about the the tech or legal tech startup side of things as time goes on. And there's some really, really interesting, innovative things going on. And I think it's definitely an area to watch moving forward. And, you know, everyone's really excited about it in the industry and everyone's got ideas and it's just, it's really, really good to be part of the network and the industry and hear everyone's ideas, I guess.
1: For sure. I think um, definitely a bit of an explosion in, in the legal innovation space and part of that's being driven by, um, I think, you know, people going into, particularly young people going into the legal industry and um, realising that a lot of the systems and processes and way things are done feel really outdated compared to everything else they do in their lives. And I think, yeah, lots of good ideas and and good businesses now emerging.
0: Mm, Definitely. And I mean, are there any networks you utilise to connect with, you know, like-minded people in the industry in this area?
1: Uh, they're, they're, I think there are some networks emerging now. Like when we first started Sprint Law, uh, there was a very, very tiny community of legal tech in Australia. Like um, I think like if you look at the history of legal tech, which I'm not an expert on, but um, uh, in Australia, at least, I think uh, when you said legal tech 15, 20 years ago, uh, people were thinking you'd be talking about like litigation technology and e-discovery and all of that sort of stuff. And um, and uh, the new movement, which we're kind of part of, is, is doing stuff that doesn't really fit in that space, it's more in other areas of law. And um, certainly, yeah, very small community uh, back in 2017, which isn't even that long ago um, when we were starting. Um, so uh, there, there weren't really any networking groups or places to go to talk about it. We, we ourselves tried to start a group a couple, a couple of times and got a few people joining, but it was like a niche thing. Um, I think now there's um, a few uh, organizations popping up, talking about it a little bit more. Uh, which um, hopefully they grow, and uh, we're, I think we're involved with one called Alta, the Australian Legal Technology Association, or something. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so, uh, and there's events being put on now, and, and so the space is just emerging. But I'd say it's pretty new, and uh, certainly for me, there's not a, a place that I go to uh, to sort of network. I've just met everyone just through coffees and things like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in the day when we were allowed to go out for coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> it's just through coffee. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, obviously you touched on Alta. I know a little bit about them, and I know that they have some really good events for people and like, you can become an advocate and they give um, some good insights into, you know, the legal tech markets globally and there's reports and things. So um, definitely for, I guess, listeners looking to find out a little bit more, Alta is a good way to go. And so like most businesses, obviously COVID has impacted things in some way, shape or form. So has there been any key challenges you faced this year in terms of having to readjust your business model? or make any other changes or has it all been smooth sailing
1: (laughs) yeah I think we um you know when covid first sort of hit in March we like everyone else were um pretty nervous about what might happen uh and um and uh we certainly you know we're we're a startup ourselves even though we advise we're also a a startup and um, we're pursuing a growth strategy and trying to grow and um uh, you know, when you're not sure about what the future is going to look like, um, you know, it forces you to be conservative and reduce your spending and stuff like that. So we were pretty conservative in March and April. Um, and, uh, generally, I think everyone was a little bit stressed uh, just in the world, but also within our business. And, um, uh, but then, uh, we started to see in May, um, that, you know, there had been dip at the beginning of COVID, but a pretty, pretty strong recovery. Uh, and then, um, the amount of inquiries we were getting about, and the amount of legal work coming in, and um, I think it kind of helped that operationally we were sort of one hundred percent online through COVID, like because we're an online-based firm and we already had our system set up to be completely, uh, you know, remote work, Zoom ready, and whatever it is. Uh, it meant that not much changed for us as a business when COVID hit. So I think being available when people, were, as soon as people were ready to come back and, and think about small business legal work. We were kind of there um it's meant that we actually did really well in june and july and, and coming now through to um, august september and, and october we've had pretty strong growth in fact so we're, we're doing better than we expected um even pre-covid uh so i can't complain um particularly you know we're helping out some clients uh who are really struggling for covid and some of the stories you 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 hear from small businesses, um, you know, having taken out leases just before COVID hit, and then not being able to to service them. It's it's um, kind of heartbreaking. So I'm definitely feeling thankful, and yeah, you know, we're we're we we're, um, we're on the in that lucky part of the market where COVID's probably in some way helped demand for our business. Um, more people are looking online for legal services, uh, and uh, more accepting of uh, sort of a firm like ours is doing things a bit differently.
0: What do you think are the key selling points to Sprint Law? Like- in terms of you know how you attract your clients and their feedback from your service,
1: for sure. So I think you know the starting point for our, our, our whole business was that legal services are sort of broken for startups and small businesses. Um, it's a massive headache to get legal services. It's expensive. It's time consuming. It's very confusing. Um, and so our whole model is to tackle that. And um, and you know we offer these sort of simple legal packages, productized legal services, which which basically save clients. Uh, a bunch of money. So we we say we're about 70% cheaper uh, in, in many cases than seeing a traditional lawyer, uh, We're a lot simpler to use, uh, you know, working with us is very similar to uh, and sort of online shopping or, or, or any other e-commerce experience that you have. Uh, you sort of go online, um, you, you can uh, pay online, you get your delivery time, and then uh, the legal work is kind of completed for you. So very simple uh, and easy. And um, we're also really focused on customer service, customer experience, and uh, you know, uh, I think people uh, have a bad impression of what seeing a lawyer is like, particularly smaller businesses, probably just because of how the media represents lawyers and we uh, try and overcompensate in being just super focused on uh, making sure customers have the absolute best, best experience when they're working with us. So um, uh, the, the net result is that uh, hopefully when a small business uses us, uh, it's, it's cheaper, faster and just a lot better than seeing a, a traditional lawyer.
0: And we've touched on new law in a previous podcast and it's an area that I really do find interesting having not known too much about it prior. Um, So do you think people will move to this style of working more so than the traditional law firms? Um, You know, we all know about as time moves forward um, now that flexible working is more of a thing due to COVID. So do you think, you know, there will be that shift?
1: I do think so. I think um, in five years time, the term new law, maybe more like 10 years, but five to 10 years time, the term new law will may fall away because it will just be what law is now in many cases. Um, I think uh, it, it, it is kind of a catch-all term that emerged other than five, five, six years ago to refer to uh, basically alter, alternative uh, ways of, of uh, running legal businesses, um, and particularly law firms. Uh, and um, some of those alternative ways are becoming more common, for example, online-based practices, fixed-fee work, use of technology. They were once an innovative, a new thing and now becoming the norm, and I think COVID's accelerated that, and certainly um, I've seen just uh, anecdotally a lot of the more boutique traditional style firms that we refer work to or refer work with um, are fast upgrading their systems and getting very used to working sort of online, so I do think that uh, what is new law is, I mean, people doing the new law style thing is is definitely expanding, and um, and I think some of the changes at this point really feel like they'll be permanent to the industry and the way things are done. So um, I think it's um pretty pretty interesting. Uh, but I think what's going to be uh, very interesting is to see, you know, given that the term new law um, was kind of referring to innovative practices and non traditional innovative practices, uh, which Previously, it was innovative to do things online at all. Now that's kind of status quo. Um, so uh, if we're going to be looking at what kind of innovation is happening in the legal space, I think um, the firms that were previously called new law, but all they did differently was that they operated online, uh, will start to become just the norm. And so um, firms like ours that want to be uh, one step ahead and want to be doing things differently and want to be um, making the business model truly different and be more than just like the thing that's different about us is that we're online. Um we're gonna to have to um, continue to innovate and push and work on automating uh, and, and using technology and, and reinventing the, the legal business model uh, a little bit more than has already been done. And I think there's still a lot of innovation to happen in that space. And you're gonna see um, some new business models emerge uh, and new ways of delivering legal services uh, that aren't just like a lawyer online, but actually um, you know productized services or subscription services or software-based legal services, yeah.
0: Yeah, I definitely think subscription services, that's something I, I'm hearing a lot about as well um, because it just, as you say, it, it ties in with that fixed um, pricing model as well. And it's the client knows what they're getting. Like they know upfront, front, this is how much it's going to cost and it's planning that work through with them. So they're kind of with you every step of the way, whereas sometimes in a traditional law firm that gets a little bit lost and they kind of just get landed with a big bill. Um, so I think it's definitely great for the clients just to, be on the same page and you understand them and their needs and their business. So yeah, I definitely think that's a good way to move forward. And Sprint Law has won a number of awards now. (laughs) So what do you think has been the key success and what could other firms learn from this?
1: Definitely push the innovation and technology angle um, quite a bit. Uh, I mean, the firm at the beginning, our whole thing was like, we're going to rebuild the law firm model from the ground up and think about what what are we trying to achieve here? We're trying to make legal services easy, accessible, affordable, and high quality. Um, And uh, if that's the goal, that's the, uh, you know, how do you build a business? And the business that you build looks quite different to the traditional model. So I think um, really asking those deep questions about the legal industry model and uh, seeing innovation as like core to your business rather than just, um, you know, little projects that you do on the side to make yourself look cool. um, I think that's probably been, that approach is uh, making a core has been part of uh, what I guess we've been recognized for a little bit in the industry. Um, and uh, I think we we do have a really strong sense of technology, not just being tokenistic and um, the use of it in the legal industry uh, being, uh, you know, really something that uh, needs to needs to uh, uh, be accelerated and and can go to core services in the way that things are, are really done and I think um, some of the stuff that we've done has uh, uh, significantly impacted the way our lawyers operate and I think that's uh, and, and in a positive way of course which is um, uh, you know what we're trying to achieve in terms of making things more efficient um, focusing on pro- traditional problems like um, you know unhappy staff uh, and overworked staff um, thinking about resourcing those sorts of things so I think um, you know probably it's challenging the bigger problems uh, and 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 um, and trying to combat the bigger problems of innovation rather than sort of the smaller more tokenistic ones. Um, but you know that said uh, uh, we're not the only firm doing doing uh, stuff like this and there's a bunch of other uh, great and cool businesses out there doing doing similar stuff. so I think we've still got a lot ourselves to learn on how to push the envelope if, if we want to uh, keep succeeding yeah.
0: And is there any advice that you'd give to graduates currently deciding what avenue they want to go down in terms of success outside the usual route of traditional law?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think um, the market is changing uh, quite a bit. It was certainly the case that, um, and I should I should preface this by saying I can only really talk about commercial law because I don't know much about non-commercial areas of law. Um, yep. But at least in commercial law, if you wanted to have a, a career in commercial law um, there would be a strong argument for trying to get training at a, at a place with a known brand, uh, a more traditional large firm Um, just the beginning of your career, they've got really good investment in training and those sorts of things and you get a stamp of credibility and so on. Um, And so uh, I still think there's an argument for, for people um, uh, you know uh, if they want to, if they're not sure what they want to do in their career and they just want to keep their options open to, to probably still try and work at a, established place for a little bit. And um, certainly I've benefited from that, having worked at Clay Nudes as, as is my business partner. Uh, but I think, um, you know, in the next, um, you know, period, I don't know, if, again, five, 10 years looking ahead, uh, as we've said, the, this uh, new law space is evolving and, and businesses like ours and and firms like Legal Vision or Law Squared or others working in this space are starting to grow quite a lot, starting to make a big impact on the industry and starting to focus on training people with slightly different skills, more forward-looking skills. um, I think those are becoming more and more interesting options for graduates. And uh, I think, um, you know, it's, it's what the, 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 on the recruitment side, what we, what I think we were addressing um, for our, our, our staff, our graduates and our lawyers was there's a class of people that don't want to work a billion hours a day at a big law firm. They're miserable there. Um, They don't get, uh, satisfaction out of having to cancel their dinner, dinner plans with their friends all the time, and there wasn't really a great option other than maybe going in-house after a few years or leaving the law for, for people like that. Um, and I was, as if you know, if, if I was applying, and I'm in that category, I didn't want to spend my life um, not having a life. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think um, you know, it's probably the case that if you're someone that wants, uh, you know, that wants to be like a character in suits and uh, work on the big deals and do the big stuff, then you probably end up still going through. For- to a traditional legal place, but if you're mm-hmm. someone that um, uh, wants a little bit of work-life balance, a little bit more creativity, um, and you don't fit that traditional mould, uh, these new law options are opening up and probably a place to start looking at, and firms like ours or, or the others that I mentioned, um, I think are worth, worth seriously considering, because uh, I think their credibility and the level of training you're going to get is only going to improve in the next few years, and it's pretty good right now. Um, So it's, it's, it's early days in the new law space, but, but not a bad decision for graduates to be thinking about it.
0: Definitely. And is there anything you think, um, you know, graduates or juniors can be doing to upskill themselves or um, just get a, I guess, a step ahead um, in, you know, starting their career in law, whether it be traditional law or new law.
1: For sure. I think it is something to think about. I mean, if you're thinking about your CV and what, what the employers are looking for at, Uh, when you're still at university like um, there's, it's probably a little bit different like what what, for example we would look for in a graduate and a a big law firm would look for I think um, uh, although you know uh, probably not as different as you might think um, it's certainly the case that I think people applying for new law firms have been advised by whoever at university that the best thing they can do is work in uh, a couple of boutique law firms as a paralegal and do some volunteer work and get really good marks, distinction average, or whatever it is at uni, and then they can apply for a job and they'll get one kind of anywhere. Um, That mold is not exactly what we're looking for at Sprint Law, anyway, because um, we we are working in a space where uh, the model's evolving. It will be evolving for the next five to seven years. Um, It's very flexible. It's non-hierarchical. It's a very different team culture to what you get at a big law firm. So um, we're more interested in people that have done something kind of interesting or different um, and uh, maybe they've started their own organization or, or company, a um, uh, side hustle or something when they're at uni. Maybe they've worked outside the law in sales roles or marketing roles um, um, or, or just done something interesting that they can talk about in a way that um, demonstrates that they're not just someone that follows instructions but can actually think for themselves and think outside the box. And I think that's that's the kind of CV that I like to see and I don't necessarily need um, the HD averages or whatever, but, um, but more, uh, I mean, marks and good marks are always good, but, um, but it's more that other kind of stuff that's interesting. Whereas I, I don't know if that's quite the case. Um, uh, if you're, if you're applying for the more traditional route, uh, I think, um, I'm not an expert on that, but I think, um, some of the more traditional experience will be valued. Although that said, um, uh, you know, um, probably what was interesting about my CV to Clay News when they decided to give me the job was the fact, because I didn't work at a law firm at all before was the fact that I'd done something a bit different. So I think doing something a bit different uh, is always a good idea uh, because no matter (laughs) where you work, um, but yeah, certainly not a recruitment expert. That's just my perspective.
0: (laughs) I think, yeah, always good to just explore things while you're at university, while you've got the time. So find things that you're interested in and talk to people, you know, from different backgrounds and find out about their journeys. Um, And then along the way, you're going to pick up these skills and you're going to pick up these interesting stories and, be able to have these conversations. And I guess, you know, like yourself, someone perhaps that has an entrepreneurial, you know, skill about them and just likes to think outside the box. So I think we should definitely promote that to graduates because as you say, they're kind of thinking, oh, I need to be a paralegal. I need to just work this many hours and I need to do this. Whereas, you know, we should be embracing their, you know, their difference and embracing the other skill set that they can bring.
1: Absolutely. And I think, um, uh, you know, just what you said on going out and talking to people and having interesting conversations. Like, um, the law students I'm most impressed by are the ones who are at uni, but they're already asking for coffees with people uh, who are in legal tech or the industry or, or even just at traditional law firms and just asking them about their career, being interested in learning things. Um, because, uh, Again, uh, when it comes to the job interview or the discussion with them, they've got a whole bunch of interesting thoughts or at least they've been thinking about the legal business or the legal industry and they've spoken to people and they have an interesting perspective and that can only help both in just terms of your career and your learning, but um, also in terms of uh, your employability as well, yeah.
0: Well, it was great to have you on our podcast today, Alex. Thank you so, so much for taking part and giving us a little insight into your world and Sprint Law. Um, and I think definitely this is going to be great for our graduate listeners and juniors just to get a little insight into different ways to get into law.
1: No worries. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on anything we discussed, please feel free to reach out on info at for a confidential discussion.